Welcome football fans. Buckle up for another hard-hitting episode of Let's Talk XFL, the only podcast solely focused on the XFL. From a sunny Southwest Florida studio, here's your host Michael Lathrop. Hello football fans. This is episode 14. The anticipation is building. As you may have noticed, I have pushed this episode back a bit. Moving forward, I would like to post earlier in the week. I believe it will align better once the XFL kicks off in 2023. Doing so could even provide the opportunity for doing two shows weekly. With the early week show being a post-games review, and a later in the week show being a weekend preview of sorts. I know we are all eagerly waiting for those teased announcements, but we just need to be patient for a bit longer. I will once again be going solo for today's show. We have a few interesting developments to discuss this week. So let's get to it. On January 29th, XFL co-owner Dwayne The Rock Johnson made a post on his social media accounts. The post mentioned, and I quote, Very cool and big surprise I filmed for Super Bowl Sunday. My playing in the NFL and Super Bowl dreams never came true. I may have failed, but I get lucky and win every time I can live vicariously through the players living out their dreams when they take the field. Dreams? Ain't just for dreamers. Can't wait for the Super Bowl. End quote. This post has the XFL fan base speculating what Johnson is going to unveil on February 13th, Super Bowl Sunday. After all, it falls within the time frame that he had previously mentioned of announcing the league's cities and broadcasting agreements. Of course, either of these announcements are possible. The statement does not clearly specify how the pre-filmed surprise will be released. I believe the way that it is presented would be more telling, whether it be on NBC or Peacock during the Super Bowl broadcast, perhaps on another network, or even on social media itself. The manner in which it is done will determine the exposure it will get. For the sake of speculation, if it were indeed on NBC or Peacock Super Bowl broadcast, it would provide the most exposure and could lead one to think that the XFL could be potential broadcasting partners. If it were done on a different network, it would receive less exposure, and it could also make one believe it would be a broadcasting partner. However, if it were to be done using social media, it would get the least amount of exposure and wouldn't provide any hints at anything other than what is being released. Personally, I do not want to speculate on what it could be or how it will be released. Your guess is as good as mine. We'll just have to wait and see. On January 31st, USFL's Executive Vice President of Football Operations, Daryl Moose Johnson, made a guest appearance on the 365 Sports Radio. Johnson discussed his experience with alternative football leagues, where he mentioned the XFL. Here is the brief segment with his comments. Daryl, what is this like for you? Uh, you have been a part of leagues that have tried, and then this one seems to have some, uh, it has some uh, some roots that are digging and, and moving forward and, and the excitement of being a part of something new like this. Yeah, I think it was just, you know, it was unusual circumstances, the other two go-arounds. Um, you know, one that was kind of within our control, um, a little bit with the Alliance, you know, not having – you know, somebody that was really committed to funding and, and being that, that 
individual angel investor moving forward. Uh, and then when we changed paths, um, you know, I think at that time there was, there was a lot of question as to the responsibility of some of the accounts, uh, once things switched hands and we just really couldn't reach any point of, uh, conclusion as to how we should move forward. So, uh, with the Alliance, um, you know, that was a tough one because I, I really, I, I thought Charlie and Bill Polian did a great job and if all the guys that we've talked to and seen since that time still look back on those days very fondly. Uh, a lot of them will tell us it's the most fun they've had playing football since they were in high school. And, and that's, that's what we're hoping to do with all these leagues. The XFL, the pandemic got us. Um, you know, I think that Vince McMahon, if you really kind of look at what happened to him during that time, um, you know, the hit that the WWE took on its stock price, uh, you know, his net worth, you know, dropped considerably during that whole process. And he was the, the singer payer of all the expenses. So it was, it was a little bit too much. And, and what could we do moving forward? Um, you know, do you pause and hold on or do you just hold your tent and, and try again later on? So, uh, you know, they'll be coming online next year and, and we look forward to, to competing against them. But I, I, I think you make a great point. I think there's so much history with the USFL and, and so many people remember it fondly um, that, this has already got some roots that we can use to our advantage. I wanted to share Johnson's comments because I feel as though there's a belief and stigma that the XFL brand is a failure. I know Johnson did not get into much detail. However, he did get right to the point. The XFL as a business entity was not a failure. What doomed the league was the pandemic's financial impact on Vince McMahon and his overall net worth. McMahon had a difficult decision to make. And in doing so, he chose to protect himself and the WWE brand that made him successful. Later in the interview, Johnson mentioned the history of the USFL and the fond memories of the league, which is what he believes will lead to the USFL success. Here is my take on his comments. If Johnson honestly believes fond memories from the early 80s will lead to the USFL success, then the XFL must be in really good shape. After all, the XFL has the 2001 and 2020 seasons to draw from, providing, which provide an existing fan base that includes a larger and more diverse demographics. Despite filing for bankruptcy in 2020 due to the pandemic, the XFL have current and modern information and platforms at its disposal, meaning in 2023, the XFL are not at the mercy of people reaching out to them to get started. Seeing that the league has a list of former season ticket holders, as well as existing social media accounts with hundreds of thousands of followers, allow the XFL to directly connect with its previous fans while using minimum effort and finances. Just to give you an idea, here are the Twitter following for each of the XFL 2.0 accounts. The DC Defenders have 62,200. The New York Guardians have 43,500. The St. Louis Battlehawks have 83,400. The Tampa Bay Vipers have 41,500. The Dallas Renegades have 57,300. The Houston Renegades have 59,800. The Los Angeles Wildcats have 32,300. The Seattle Dragons have 44,200. And the league account have 342,200 followers for a grand total of 766,400 Twitter followers. In my opinion, this is a fantastic base point for the XFL to reboot from. The league will be able to wisely direct its efforts towards adding new fans, 
while significantly reducing expenditures in its marketing efforts. This is all possible if the XFL rebuild a similar social media team to what existed in 2020. The tools are there, they just have to utilize them. Then on February 2nd, the National Football League's Washington football team finally announced its new nickname and unveiled its updated logo. Here is the segment from the announcement. And it is official. The anticipation, the wait is over. Two days after I got this job, we became the Washington football team. And here we are now on 2-2-22, the Washington Commanders. It has been a lot of hard work getting to this day, one that has been countless nights, long days, a lot of thought, uh, a lot of uh, anticipation for this. We're excited to be here today, and we're excited to share this journey with you and to have a lot of our alums here in attendance as well to celebrate tying in our past, our 90-year history past, with what's going to be our future. Beginning the 2022 National Football League season, the team will be known as the Washington Commanders. This announcement resolves the issue pertaining to the Defenders' nickname. Now the XFL can proceed to move forward with resurrecting the D.C. Defenders for 2023 without having to deal with any trademark legal matters. This leaves only one more question. Is Washington, D.C. in the XFL's plans for 2023? I guess we'll have to wait and see. During a recent episode of the USFL podcast with hosts Stefan Raychek and Zach Heilman, they had former St. Louis Battlehawks lineman Bruno Regan on as a guest. During their interview, the XFL was brought up. Here's what Regan had to say. Actually, that, that's another piece you've been in the news for, at least online, is, uh, you know, you, you've talked about the Battlehawks at some length. I don't know how much you have, but I mean, everyone wants to know about when are they, where are they at? Battlehawks. So I, I actually like broke some, per, some. I guess you could say news because I'm, I'm a personality, but I've broken a few things in my time. You know, I have people that will contact me, and I guess I'm one of the more connected players from the XFL and spring football space. You know, I had a guy, I had talked to a guy who was a very reliable source, and the thing was, the league is starting to outsource work towards locate like things like turf management, field management, sure. painting, construction. The league, you know, the XFL isn't going to hire a million people and do that under the covers. They have to outsource that work. Well, you know, a little birdie told me, and there were ten locations on this little on this little um on this little bite I got, which was interesting because the XFL is going to only only have eight, but it made sense because they eventually want to expand to ten. So. Doing some work, doing some back to back and back research. I cross reference it with some other guys. I was like, "Are you hearing the same thing?" They're like, "I was hearing the exact same thing." So I was like, "If everyone's hearing the same thing, you know, I'm going to break it." So I figured, um, what I heard was some work was being done in St. Louis, and I was confident enough. And you know, they they are going to have a team back if the XFL is back. Now, is the XFL going to come back? I think that's the big thing because they are right. always trying. It, there's so much that can happen within a year. Redbird Capital can just be like, we don't see a we don't see a profitable thing coming from mm-hmm. this. Boom, X name, right? Mm-hmm. But if the XFL does come back, I'm 100 percent sure the Battlehawks are coming back. I find this interesting. Although Regan believes the XFL will have eight teams, Bruno mentioned that he has heard and confirmed that it is possible the XFL will have ten teams in 2023. If indeed ten teams become a reality, it would be welcome news by the entire fan base. It would also be beneficial for the league in broadcasting negotiations. Another encouraging piece from this conversation is that Regan is confident the XFL is returning to St. Louis. That is, if 
in a big if the XFL do not decide to pull the plug on the league's return. I highly doubt that seeing Dwayne The Rock Johnson has continuously hinted and posted about upcoming news, as well as the league's hiring of executives and sending them to honorable college senior bowl games for scouting. I think it is safe to say the XFL is returning. On February 4th, TMZ Sports welcomed XFL Senior Vice President of Player Personnel, Doug Whaley, to discuss former Miami Dolphins head coach Brian Flores' lawsuit with the National Football League and three of its teams. During the interview, was asked if there would be a position in the XFL for Flores. Here is his response. Hopefully for him, he does get another spot in the NFL. But if not, you're involved in the reboot of the XFL, you know, and, and the Rock as well. It seems like there would be a position for, for Brian in the XFL reboot. As, as we say in the XFL, the only qualifications for entrance in the XFL is talent. And he is a talented guy. So just say that, be it players, coaches, administrators, if you have the skill set to make us an incredible league, we will definitely pay attention and, and, and consider it. My first take from Wally's response is that it appears that the head coaching positions have not been filled. Perhaps that has been done purposefully to eliminate the possibility of bidding wars. Their plan could be to target free agents who are without options, which makes sense and a wise tactic to help control expenditures. Furthermore, I love Wally's answer. After all, talent is typically a prerequisite to success. Flores is a talented young head coach who has shown he could turn a disaster of a franchise into a playoff contender. As a Dolphins fan myself, I have never faulted Flores for the shortcomings in Miami. The problems stem from personnel weaknesses. I believe if Flores were to have control of player personnel decisions, those issues could be resolved. As we all know, in the XFL, the head coach and general manager is a hybrid position. Such a role could allow Flores to flourish while eliminating the possibility of internal conflicts. I cannot fail to mention that the XFL have had a bonus structure for winning games compared to the reported National Football League's compensation to tank. Seeing he is likely to be blackballed by the National Football League in the future, I cannot see why Flores would not consider accepting a role within the XFL if one were to be offered. All good things must come to an end. This concludes another episode of Let's Talk XFL. As always, I'm interested in receiving your feedback. So do not be a stranger. Reach out to let me know what your thoughts are. And if you do so, your comments might just make it on the show. But before you go, do not forget to subscribe and rate the show. One more thing. Make sure you take a moment to participate in our new Twitter poll, which asks if the XFL should make a stronger effort to court quality minority coaches in the wake of the Brian Flores National Football League lawsuit. Thank you for tuning in. Till next time, cheers. Thank you for tuning in to today's show. Don't forget to subscribe and rate Let's Talk XFL on your platform of choice. Follow Let's Talk XFL on Facebook and Twitter at Let's Talk XFL. Do you have a question or topic you would like to have addressed on the show? 
Message the show via social media or send an email to letstalkxfl at gmail.com.